Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Philip Pape, a certified nutrition coach, body composition expert, and the host of Wits and Weights podcast. Hey, Philip, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark, for having me. Excited to be here. Ah, you're welcome. So, hey, Cheryl, where are you with your business right now? And who are the kind of people that you love working with? Yeah, right now I'm in that that really exciting growth phase early on where there's lots of challenges and lots a big long to-do list of things I have to do. Um, as a nutrition coach, the coaching side is I'll, I'll I'll call it the easy part because I really do enjoy helping people and making that impact and dealing with all of the issues, not just the the physical and the nutritional, but also the emotional fitness, which is a huge part of it, sometimes 80 or 90% of it. Uh I've, I've been coaching for about a year now on and off, maybe 20 clients at a time. And this is a side hustle for me. So I'm trying to balance that with, with a day job. And right now the challenge is how do I, how do I attract more people through the conversations I'm having, but also be able to handle that and scale and kind of manage the growth as we go, build my team and things like that. So that's that's where I am right now pretty early on. I'm sure a lot of people can relate. Uh, and there's definitely some challenges with that. Nice. So what was it that prompted you to, to start this side hustle, um, having a successful career and obviously a family and your sort of passions come into play? What was it for you that was like, yeah, I, I need to do this? Yeah. So I went through my personal transformation in this area only back in 2020 when I was turning 40. And throughout my life, I'd struggled like most people with my weight. I'd struggled with what to eat, how to work out, and then how to be consistent with those things, even if I knew what to do, which I didn't. So it was in because of the lockdowns, the pandemic, the ability to work from home that actually spurred me to dig in more and figure it out with the help of resources and other coaches and so on to the point where I finally found strength training, proper lifting. I built my home gym. I, you know, uh, built some muscle and then that eventually parlayed into uh, nutritional education when I realized mm-hmm. I had gained too much weight building muscle. And now I didn't know what to do from that perspective. And I learned about evidence-based nutrition. Now where I'm going with all this is after about a year and a half of this learning process, this self DIY transformation I went through for the first time ever for me, where I could control my physical appearance and how I felt, I decided to start a podcast. So this was a passion project. I was a strength training enthusiast, nothing more. 
but it had always been something I was interested in. So I started a podcast, Wits and Weights, in late 2021. And through the podcast, my very first interview, after about 10, 15 episodes, was going to be with a friend of mine who's a powerlifter. Okay, she's a powerlifter here in Connecticut. And I invited her on. And before she came on, she listened to my show and she binged a whole bunch of episodes. And then she sent me a voicemail and said, you know, I have a nutrition coach and I've been powerlifting for years. And yet by binging your show, I learned more about why we're doing what we're doing than I ever have. Like my coach has always told me to do X, Y, Z. I didn't understand why. And now I do. And that's huge. That's amazing. That was huge. And it clicked that there's something here, right? Like how, and I, I knew that from personal experience, cause it took me 40 years to find this information, even though mm. it's there. And here's someone who out of the blue unsolicited, um, said this to me. And then we did our interview. And after the interview, we chatted and she said, you know, my coaching contract's expiring. And I would love it if you were my coach, if you were thinking of doing that. I said, well, mm. I hadn't thought of it at all, <laughs> but let me look into that. And I started looking into certification and education and all all the business side of things and eventually chose, uh, I went with NCI to get certified. And through that process, I had to work with some real clients Yeah. before I could get my certification. So the requirement was to work with two clients. And of course, being the overachiever I am, I found eight to work with. And through that process, I, I refined a lot of my system right off the bat. Because, of course, you're working with eight people doing something you've never done before with a whole bunch of education you've just crammed into your head and personal experience. And you get a lot of growth that way. Right. Just doing. Yeah, I guess with that, you're trying to apply. You're trying to find your way of doing this, your way of implementing all this um, material, information that you had. And Mm -hmm. the best way to do it is just to do the thing. Right. It is. Yeah. And you don't have you don't have the uh, resources to invest in big funnels or, you know, thousands of dollars of coaching or something on day one. So what you have is maybe your certification education or, or or that's working with you, or more likely you start to build a network of other coaches who you bounce ideas off of and then experiment, right? (laughs) That's what you do. So uh, I think we were talking before the show that by background, I'm an engineer. So, and a software engineer at that. So I like software systems, tech, things like that. And I was able to build workflows, very much like the workflow you guys uh, use before guests come on the show to make it very seamless and take the time off of me, but also make it a good experience for clients. Mm. So that's how I got into it. I think that was the question (laughs) and the long-winded answer. Well, it sounds like you've been, you kind of, you knew what you wanted, but these things kind of fell into place. And it's so amazing to hear different people's stories about some was like, I knew what I wanted and I went for it. Others are like, I kind of fell into this and then went, wanted to see how far the rabbit hole went and oh my gosh, this is what I want to do. So sounds like for you, it's, um, it was a little bit of passion and then hold on. You mean this, this could work? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And to, to be honest, I remember a few times over the years, some people, others, including my own father saying, you know, you, why aren't you working in the fitness industry doing something? You know, and it never stuck with me until later. And I realized that this was my way to do that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I sort of fell into it. I know a lot of coaches maybe start as trainers and then they become coaches and then maybe they'll do a podcast as another marketing thing. I kind of went backward, you know, started a podcast and then became a coach and so on. Yeah, you say a backward way. I mean, there's 
Well, you know, there's different ways. Yeah, yeah there's ways and means for everything. Sure. We we all know that. But yeah. I love the way that you've kind of you, you piece this in together, and then by the the validation that you received was almost a a mirror to yourself of you know you can do this. You know, this is pretty pretty cool. So I love the way that fell into place. So as you first started this obviously balancing your full-time job and and your family how hard is it for you to be able to juggle all this as you start to build up and build up yeah i'm not gonna lie sometimes it's very stressful from a i guess an an uncertainty perspective like why am sometimes you question it why am i doing this (laughs) like why am i doing this and i have to come back to you know I'm the protector and provider of my family. My wife is a stay-at-home mom, so I'm a single income earner. And there's that part of it that's just primal, right? That I want to protect mm-hmm. my family and have that diverse, diverse source of income and things like that. Um, but trying to balance it all between schedules and my huge to-do list and what's important and what's not is the main challenge for me, right? Mm. I I can't be doing a reel or two every day on Instagram and creating a guide every day and doing posts on Facebook and doing YouTube videos and the podcast and, you know, having five sale call sales calls a day. I just can't do all that. So yeah, I have to figure hey, out that's a full-time yeah, job yeah. on its own, right? Exactly. Right. Um, and, 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 and I keep thinking, am I at the point where now I should build out my team? Cause that's, that's one action. You know, I need mm. to figure out the actions to take. That's one action is okay. Take all the stuff I don't like to do but do add value in that they help nurture people that I have conversations with that then lead to sales calls and so on. Um, but then it's like, now I have to have a system for that. I have to train that person. I have to find somebody to rely on. And, and that takes time too. So where's the best so, investment? Perfect. So for you, it's about, you know, you know what you need. Okay. One, yeah. you need absolute clarity, but secondly, you know, the bits and pieces that you need to do. It's just when is the right time to um, take that leap of faith to hire that right person? In fact, who is the right person? You're saying all the right things about, you know, take things off the plate that I don't like to do. It's like, okay, so as a, as a solopreneur, it is you know, so easy to continue to wear all the hats and struggle to pass it off because mm-hmm. you set this up in the way you want and when do I do it? So you've got all the initial questions juggling around your head, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have all of that because in a given day, you know, I get up at what I get up at like 5am. And by the way, I, I have to train cause I love training. And it's also part of, you know, being an example for what I talk about and what my clients do. Yeah. So right now I'm training three days a week, which was a decision I made when I started a fat loss phase recently, because I knew it would give me more time, more sleep, and then time to work on my business while also mm-hmm. being high in recovery. So that was a win-win. But later on in the year, when I go back to four or five days, every day, I have to be very selective about that two to three hours of time outside my day job where I can work on my business. And what is it that day that I want to accomplish and just cut everything else out? You know? Yeah. And so how are you find that with balancing, obviously, your your family life? Because they all need um, the kids, your wife, they mm-hmm. need your attention, you need theirs. Mm-hmm. And it's important to balance that because it's so easy just with a full time job to yes. focus too much and start to lose <laughs> being a fitness trainer as well. You can lose your health, mental and physical health yes. and your relationships. So how are you finding that balance outside of the business? 
yeah, I have, I have to work on it. Just like, just like you have to have a plan and execute with your training. And if I asked you how many exercises are there for building your legs, right? And this is something a friend of mine, Carl Berryman, he, he's another podcast host posed to me. He's like, how many exercises could you name? And of course I can name like 20. Now, how many exercises could you name for your relationship? You know, how many different ways are you focusing on building that relationship? And in fact, it led me recently to talk to my wife and make sure we had a babysitter who was reliable so we can go on date nights, right? Like to me, that's important at least once every couple of weeks um, to just, it's just us because we have two girls, they're nine, they just turned nine and 11. That's part of it. Um, I also have to carve up my day. I have to be very specific about which part of the day is devoted to what. So for me, mm-hmm. dinner is for my family. We eat at the table, right? We talk as dinner's being made. We eat at the table. Then I still have a little more time to myself as my wife is maybe doing the ritual with the kids. And then at night, it's an hour or two just vegging out with my wife. She might be folding laundry. We might be watching Netflix. It doesn't matter. I can't get much work done that time of day anyway, personally. So it's it's not a lot. And you think about how much how much time people spend probably just scrolling on social and watching streaming. It could be yeah. like four or five hours a day for some people. Um, you know, I used to play video games too, and that's extremely rare these days. So that that's how I make it happen. And then the weekends are more family devoted. I try to not to work, work too much on the weekends. Um, mm-hmm. and that's, that's how I make it happen. So with that, what mistakes have you made along the way recently with this? Because we, we all make these mistakes. I mean, everyone at home will be thinking, yeah, I do this or I don't do that. Or just the way you describe that with, with your, 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 your friend or, or podcast host, which is, you know, how many exercises you know about for your relationship rather than your legs. It's like, oh gosh, that is such a simple question. But straight away, it's like, it shows something. Um, so where did you, by mistakes, learn, oh, sweet, I'm I'm not going to do that or not going to go down that road? Oh boy. <laughs> Let's see. I don't, so I'm a very, I'm a very optimistic person, right? I think just naturally, I, I love the idea of mental resilience, stoicism, taking things as they come and being in, knowing that there's plenty that's not in your control, but there's a sphere of things that are, mm. especially your thoughts. Like thoughts are in our control. Even if you were completely tied, you know, at the, the wrist and the legs, you'd still have control over your thoughts. And every situation is a learning opportunity. And every situation you can think of among a bunch of different paths. And that the way you think leads to the emotion, which then leads to the action. So it's always hard for me to say like, what's a mistake? A mis- to me, a mistake is where I could have been more efficient doing something, right? Or I spent too much time, I wasted too much time doing something and it could have been for months that I, that I could have done spent doing something else, but I wouldn't have known that until I did it, right? So Love yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, with that, I see where you're at because I know you're very much into into mindset and understanding how what we can control, where my thoughts go because the power of the thoughts leads so so far. But um, yeah, looking at these you know mistakes, successes, failures, it's just information. If we can all yes. just pause and be like the terminology, it counts for a lot, and it, some people stumble over this. However, mm-hmm. it's all just information. You just said that how would I have known otherwise? So it's like, cool. I found three, four, 500 ways of not doing this. Great. You're one step close to finding that. I found another way of ruining my evening because of work. Great. 
don't do that. So it's only, I think you can only say it's a real failure if you don't learn from it, if you don't understand and see mm. and have the awareness to realize, ah, that's not what I want. And now, now back onto clarity. You said off you know, before that you know, clarity is one thing that you're really looking for right now. What should I be doing? How can I be more efficient? So finding where that needs to be is, is so important that knowing what you do want and knowing what you don't want are just as powerful, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's different for everybody based on where you are. Even, even someone else who is in the same exact position as me right now in their business is going to have a million different variables driving that decision. Like for, for example, I'm not, uh, I'm not dependent financially on this side hustle. So that liberates me to think in a different way and be patient, but it also runs the risk of me being too slow, you know, with things, right? Like I just, I'm not, I don't have the urgency, you know, so it's that balance. But at the same time, I realized that because I don't have a team, because I'm doing it all with myself, I need to move quickly in certain areas just mm. for that. So I have to find the, th- I have to find the, the diamond in there uh, for, for each area of my life and each area of my business that pushes it forward and then just cut out the rest. Yeah. So what are you currently doing to, to move you forward because we, we again we're chatting offline about what do, what do you want to do what what is the thing is it to do this full time is it to continue juggling both and have the sort of the best of both worlds um how, what are you doing with yourself to to push yourself forward and find out you know what that next step should and could be yeah as to the question of what i want to be doing i, I really do like both parts of my life from a professional standpoint and i found that both have enhanced the other quite a bit. I mean, surprisingly so. For example, I manage people. I've managed probably dozens or hundreds of people in my career. And there's a big uh, coaching component to that, right? There's a lot of it is emotional as well. And I deal with people that are right out of college and people that are near retirement and everything in between. So the the empathy and the emotional intelligence and uh, ability to give feedback, those skills translate to coaching and I think give me more maturity than perhaps other coaches who haven't gone through that. Right. Mm. So I don't, I, I almost don't want to lose either side because they're both valuable in my life and it's a matter of balancing them. And I think that's possible. I don't see why not. I mean, I'm already doing it to this extent. Now it's just continuing to solve the problems that are preventing me from the full extent of, of, of getting the benefit of this. I think that was your question, Mark. So I tend to go off and then forget what the other parts of the question are. <laughs> well, let, let's dig into that one. So what, what okay. are those challenges? What are those problems that are stopping you from really fully, maybe, um, it's my word here, but enjoying exactly what it is you're building or from taking those next steps? What is it? I think, so one of one of them is a lot of my time is spent not coaching, Right. A lot of my time in my business is not coaching, mm. but my business is coaching. So how do I shift that proportion where, and I know some coaches want to be business owners more than coaches. Potentially they want to grow and scale really fast. I'm just assuming, right? There's, there's some people like that. So right now I'm really enjoying the coaching aspect of making an impact on individuals and knowing that I can do it at a high level of quality and, and connection, you know, and and it kind of ties in with my podcast as well. And why I do the podcast and why I want to go on podcasts is just, there's so much great information that's not necessarily being communicated and packaged in a way that's understandable and actionable. 
So it really comes down to, okay, if I take my, I don't know, 20, 30 hours a week that I work on this, maybe five to 10 are coaching at most. The rest is everything else. So how do I mm. reduce everything else? And I'm okay filling up the time, not necessarily reducing my net time, but filling up the other time with more coaching, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's one aspect of, of, of our coaching with our clients. It's the entirety of the yes. I mean, when you say yes to something, you don't just say yes to that one thing. You say yes to all the things that come with it. And that's when you say no to things. And what's important to say yes and no and set these boundaries. But with the entirety of the yes, we said yes to being business owners, which is cool. We get to do the thing that we love to do. But it also means you get to do lead generation, accounting, <laughs> being the damn cleaner, all the things that come with our own business until you get to a point where you bring people on one at a time. And I think a lovely place that you've got to is, look what you said earlier. You love your full-time job. You love what it's brought you and hope that it's going to continue to bring you stuff that you can then cross-reference. Mm -hmm. I mean, every aspect of our life, we can... When we unlock people's business challenges, their relationships improve because there's some thread deep in ourselves that was actually relevant to all of them and health and their financial outlook. Your next step seems so clear to, from my vantage point, because you just said you love coaching. Coaching is what you love to do, not just for your fitness company, but for your full-time job. So your next step mm -hmm. is... It has to be you buy more time and buy more time with employees, full-time, part-time, whatever it might be. But you get to coach them to do the things that you want them to do in the way that you want them to do and also bring more value, all the stuff that you don't know. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I think your next point is, whilst it may be the hardest step to ever go through, when's the next step to bring people on? Just like when the next step is to take it full-time you'll know when the right time is. But right. I want you to see that from an exciting point of view, oh my gosh, that next step isn't so scary because it's what you love doing. And I'm not sure if you've actually seen that connection before. Yes, I mean, I like to hear it explicit, you know, <laughs> put into words and remind to remind me of it because that's the why, right? That is what's driving me to do this. You know, the the uh, the side effects of income, and the other aspects of growing a business are great. But again, if I didn't, I didn't enjoy what I was doing and I've done things I didn't enjoy for money, like uh, editing papers, you know, editing academic papers for journal articles. And I still do that a little bit, you know, when people ask because I do it well and it, it's, it's a decent paycheck, but it doesn't bring me joy. It's just, I could do it like a robot and there we go. And this does. So you're absolutely right that that is the reason to continue doing this for sure awesome love that and yeah look at that that why really understanding your purpose through this it's it's super crucial to hold that and get those reminders as you keep going forward because it's we're, we're too close to our own stuff right mm -hmm. every coach needs a coach and they need a coach everyone going through a challenge can either do it on their by themselves or seek help um, and sometimes it's it's our partners that are so easily say, hey, have you thought about this? Have you done this? Mm -hmm. um, you must have had that as you've been going through this, as you two you know, do this together because it's it's a family unit. So um, what what lessons have you found through 
through your family guiding you through this process? You know, that's a good question. I wonder, it actually makes me think about whether, whether I should be talking to my wife more about the business itself, because I feel like she's kind of hands off. We're hands off about that. She lets me go and do it. And she's hundred percent supportive of me doing that for, I mean, to a thousand percent, I have to say like, there are, there are times that I, I wonder how she didn't get a little bit more rankled about, <laughs> you know, me spending too much time doing this or that, but I, maybe it comes back to, because at the end of the day, we do rebalance it. Um, even if we have a tough week, but, uh, yeah, she's very supportive in terms of, she takes care of our family. She takes care of our house. We know she teaches our kids. We do, we homeschool our kids. Mm -hmm. So all of that is a huge job for her. And there's this division of labor and some might call it more traditional, but we both enjoy what we're doing. And we talk about it. You know, if there was something she didn't want to do, you know, like I do the yard work and take out the trash and things like that. She doesn't want to do that, but she'll do the other stuff. So, that's how she supports me is where I'm going. I don't think it has to be necessarily digging into the business, even though she said, Hey, is there anything I can do to help with the business? And I've said, you're already helping me by taking my worry away with all these other things that a lot of couples have to share more of, you know, the workload, especially when you have two working parents. Yeah. And that aspect, it's, it's amazing to have that kind of support network around you. It's, you're, oh, I say with a business, I call it yeah, building the empire. And your empire is it's the family first. Everything is within that bubble. So whether you are both bringing in um, revenue and money into the, into the empire, whether one is stay at home and one is the main bread earner, you, know, you are still aligned with your vision and your mission together. So that's the first partnership. And then your business is just a, a small subsect of that. So if we get to just reframe this, and just tweak that sort of perception, then it becomes more, ah, we see where we're going. And you know, obviously, you know, Katie and I, you know, romantic partners and business partners, it's tough balancing all these elements, but you have to understand exactly where you're going. And the communication has to be on points. The arguments have to be on points. The passion has to be on points. But ultimately, yeah, with communication with all all strands of your business it's it's super crucial yeah it is i mean you, you just said you said it great there mark i don't know if i could add to that really but i do you're making me you know realize that 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 i do have that support and we we may not talk i mean i do talk about the business in a lot of different ways and there have been times in the past when the balance wasn't there and I was working too hard and getting up early and all these things to make up for it. And she would call me out on it because we, we do have those conversations and I was able to make adjustments, say, okay, I need to cut something out, right? It usually comes down to that because either be more efficient or cut something out. So I'm always thinking in the back of my mind, how, do, how does this thing I'm doing right now that's taking an hour in the future take a half an hour? Because that's a half hour more I can give to something else including my family, if that's what where it needs to go. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I want to sort of end with here is, is seeing your your story and hearing what you're going through and how you're you're building your your, your passion business. It's, it's a blessing and a curse what you've got. You you're earning good money or you know, you're sustainable and you, you have a decent good life. That is one fueling you to be able to take your time work on what you want, do these things. And you don't have that kind of push and nudge and this, I need to get moving. Right. So that 
so often holds people back, even though it's such a good thing. So mm -hmm. it's how you're able to balance the blessing and the safety that you've got whilst keep on pushing yourself through that, um, that comfort zone. So how are you able to continue to push yourself through that? Or is that just, this is the ongoing challenge for you? And that's the saga, the saga um, of figuring that out. Yeah, no, that's, I'd actually be curious about your advice, Mark, on that seriously, because in any given week, I kind of, I start the week thinking about all the boxes that have to be checked by the end of the week. I'm like, okay, I've got to do my three or four posts on my group and I have to, you know, get ready for this podcast interview or two. And then I have to do my own show. And oh, by the way, I have this Q&A going on over here. And, you know, it's, and of course my clients, which I have to carve out time for them first and foremost. So it's like, what do I, sometimes the weeks run together. They run together, right? And before you know it, a month is by and you didn't really start on the thing you wanted to, to do to move things forward. Like for me, it probably is building a team. However, however, I probably need a more critical mass of leads coming in to do that because I don't want to have, for example, an assistant coach and say, here's one client, right? I mean, or here's two clients. I need to have something that's consistent beyond cash frameworks and things that occasionally bring in, you know, groups of clients. I need something that's more reliable. Um, and maybe the podcast strategy is part of that, but that's, that's the big challenge right now for me. Yeah. Well, seeing as you asked what I thought about mm -hmm. this and uh, I love being invited in, yeah, with just what you just said there, li listen back to this episode because all the things you said there were, I've, I've got to do this and I have to do this and I have to do this. There wasn't much about, ah, oh, fucking hell, I, I get to do this. <laughs> I'm excited to do this. It's a small tweak. Sure. So thank you for just not worrying about your words, but it's a small tweak, but it's, it's telling. And if we pull on that thread, we will be able to find, okay, what is the trigger behind that? Because these, I have to do this, I have to do this. And then the weeks fly by and then a month's gone by and you've done all right. Things have gone well, but what did I really achieve that actually moved the needle rather than just the plateau of the business that you still enjoy? So again, I think that blessing and the curse, that is the first thread that we'll be looking at to see, okay, where, where is that? And what can we leverage here? Because right so now, you have everything you need. In fact, some people at home will be listening thinking, damn it, you've got the, the perfect scenario. It's exactly what we want, but these things are what we want. Sometimes you call it the, the golden handcuffs, if you want, that people go through with not being able to do something. So I'd be looking at leveraging all of that and seeing where's that come from? What, what's going on there? And by looking at that, is going to make you a better coach. So again, the learning, the coaching, find the passion. That for me is the first place that, that we'd start. So um, I'm glad you asked. And hopefully that's that's given you more things to think about and, and sort of ponder. Yeah, it does. It really does. You know, I think what all these things we juggle, uh, part of it is a risk diversification strategy, right? It's you want to not miss out on that big opportunity, for example, on Instagram, you, you know, if you go silent on that one platform, it's just going to doom you, right? <laughs> is, is the thought. And so, of course, you stay in that trickle participation mode in that channel, but it also drains your week of some of that time. Mm. And maybe it's just ripping it off and saying, this and this, cut it out completely. It's not really going to provide that much value in the end. 
But then in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, but if I do that now, all of a sudden it dries up over here. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that fear, that worry. What, what if, what if? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, dude, Philip, this has been such a fun conversation. Um, I could talk to you hours about Likewise, this. Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, but thank you for sharing. It. Thank you for sharing your story and you know what you've been through as you've built your side hustle. So, um, Hey, if people want to find out more about you and your coaching, how can they find you? Just go to my website, witsandweights.com. I have some freebies if you put your email at the top and that's that's how you get a hold of me. Awesome. Well, everyone go check that out. Check out the podcast. And Philip, thank you so much for sharing. It's been so much fun. Thanks, Mark. Also, likewise, had a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark. Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.